Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Now, again, I want to set the stage for tonight's teaching, okay? You go, what do you mean set the stage? Well, Jesus told us in Matthew 24, Matthew 24 in verse 5 and 8, check this out. Jesus is speaking and he says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. He says, see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Why, Lord? For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. Verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, let's go back. Let's put our sandals on, if you will. We're sitting with Jesus. I want, to get, I want you to get the sights, the smell. We're, we're walking with Lord. We're his disciples. We've just asked him some important question. When is the end going to be? Okay, when are we going to see these things? And, and he tells us. He says, okay, so, so here we are. He says, um, many are going to come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And of course, in our world, we've seen that over the last 2,000 years. Many coming saying, I am Jesus. I am the Messiah. Follow me. And many people who were not Jesus have led thousands into destruction. We've seen that. He says, he says, many are going to come in my name, and they're going to say I'm the Christ. And their purpose is to deceive many. If you go back to Matthew 24, verse 8, one of the things he says, the very first things he says is, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. And so a, a lot of people are just deceived with what's going on. And the Lord said, that's the one thing I want you to grasp. Don't be deceived, church. Well, why, Lord? He says, because, because people are going to come and they're going to try to deceive you. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear of wars. And you're going to hear rumors of wars. And if you turn on the television today, there's always wars and rumors of wars. You've got the nation of Iran with, with armed missiles getting ready to fire at Israel. You've got, you've got Russia fighting over in the Ukraine. And you've got China getting ready to attack Taiwan. There's all of these wars and rumors of wars. These are the ones we know about. These are the ones that the media are covering. But all in all, we don't know how many there are. We don't know how close we are as the United States to going to war or being part of a war. We don't know. We don't know. Jesus said, make sure that you're not troubled. See that you're not troubled. And why? He says, because all of these things must come to pass, he says, but the end is not yet. I happen to be privileged today to go to a prayer luncheon with Congressman Jody Arrington. And I got to meet Congressman Arrington, and it was a prayer luncheon for pastors, and I was blessed to be there. But one of the things that I spoke to him as he he said, here's what has to happen, the Christians need to get out and vote. He says only one in three Christians actually get out and vote. He says if we don't vote, then we can expect the world that we have. 
And of course, his spill was amazing, and he gave God the glory. And so after, I'm walking up, and, and I'm one of the last guys to shake his hand, and I tell him, thank you, your words were inspiring, and so forth, took a picture, and then I said, but you must remember. I said, things are not falling apart, they're falling into place. And the Lord, these things have to happen so that he gets his... Pe- and, and Congressman Arrington, yep, absolutely. I, I agree with you. We've got to do our part. Now, if the Lord tarries, we want, a, we, want a, we want a great United States for our grandbabies to grow up in. We don't want to hand them over to a, an awful country. So I agree with that. But I also know that according to Scripture, things have to happen because if your minds go back to Noah... Guess what's happening? We're finishing the final. Doom, doom. Getting that ark ready. Doom, doom. Getting going to be saved here. Okay, the Lord's going to come back. If destruction and judgment is coming. Okay, okay. That doesn't mean, as believers, as Christians, that we don't do nothing. Well, Lord, it's fatalistic theology. What's that? Well, it's going to happen anyway. Just We'll just not get... No, we get out, we vote, we do what we need to do. We try to make a better life, a better America for the next generation, but we know that God is in control. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Do we know that he's on the throne? Amen. If God is on the throne, then he's on the throne of our life. And so we go, okay, Lord, I can live in this world as long as you're on the throne. I think of Moses. Do you remember when, Mo, when he said, yo, Mo, listen, let's go. And the, Moses like, listen, if you're not going to go with us, we don't want to go. And if you're going to go, I don't want to stay. And that's how I feel with God. Lord, listen, you're not going to go. If you're not going before us, if you're not going to walk with us, then we don't want to go. And he says, see that you're not troubled. Why, Lord? He says, these things must come. But the end is not yet. So the wars, the rumors of wars, all these things we see are not the end. But he tells us something very interesting. He says, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. If you're uh, a Bible highlighter in your Bible, if you don't mind writing it, I want you to underline this, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. This is so significant. Because when we just read it, we go, okay, nation. The word nation there is, is, is where we get our word ethnic. So ethnic group against ethnic group is going to rise up against president against president. You go, yeah, that's happening. That's really happening. That, that can happen. He says, and, and there's going to be famines. Did we not see that? You go, I didn't see a famine. I ate pretty good. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. You go to the grocery store, you can see that there are things that are, that are just taking place that are just amazingly. They're like, there's no food. Distributors can't bring them. Chicken farms are blowing up. Where's the, why are eggs seven bucks at a, you know, I mean, seven dollars or 18 when they were 250 just a year ago? I don't understand what's going on. And then you walk down, and you guys remember, I don't want, let me, let me jog your memory back to 2020 when you walked in the store and there was nothing on the shelves. There are famines. He says there are going to be pestilences. Those are plagues. Those are the things that, that our poor Larry's dealing with today, pestilences. And then you have earthquakes in various places. And you guys, you don't need me to give you statistically on earthquakes. He says, now, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Circle that word for sorrows because in the King James Version, it's the, birth, the word birth pangs, pangs, P-A-N-G-S, but, but it's where we get birth pains. Birth pains. These are the beginning of birth pains. Now, if you've ever given birth to a child, Moms, you know what I'm talking about. 
It starts off just a little bit. Oh, 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 that hurt. Okay, that's weird. I've never felt, oh, oh, oh. And, it, and what happens as, as the baby starts to come, they get intense and intense and intense. And man, before you know it, you're squeezing your husband's hand till where he can't feel anything anymore. You're just like, ah, okay. That's, ah, ooh, that's too strong. I remember that. I remember that. They're They're brutal. They're brutal. And men, we don't have a clue what those pains are like. But I know that they come. They come in what? Rapid succession, don't they? A little bit. And then they get closer. How, how far apart are you? Oh, you're only five men. Oh, 37. Oh, you're, it's the baby's about to do. And, and that's the point. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, all these are the beginning. What you see right here is the beginning. So what's the beginning? If you're taking note, the first sign of the beginning of birth pangs is what they're doing. It's signifying, guys, the last days of the age have begun. Now, here's what we need to know. Peter said back 2,000 years ago, the last days have begun. Can I get an amen? You understand that, right? So for 2,000 years, we've been in the last days. But you and I know we have a brain, and so we're calculating that we're at getting to the end of the very last days. I don't think the last days are going to go on for another thousand years. Peter said it early on, but Jesus says, now, when you see these birth pangs, this is the beginning. If you recall, it was a worldwide conflict a worldwide war coupled with famines and earthquakes. How so? Most scholars believe, check this out, most scholars believe the first birth pang that Jesus is talking about started in 1914. You go, Ben, what happened in 1914? This was the beginning of World War I and World War II. Whoa, wait a minute, World War II, what do you mean? No, 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 I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But this marks the first event, everybody listen to me, the 1914 was the first event leading up to what we would call the tribulation period. This is the first event. This was that first birth pang that, oh, 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 that hurt. Hmm, that's weird. Am I in labor? I think I'm in labor. You see, 1914 was one of the first hard pains that came. The second sequential event or birth pain leading up to the tribulation, jot this down. Okay, here's that other pain. Was the reestablishment of Israel as a nation in 1948. You see, Israel is the only country to be destroyed for thousands of years that came back to reestablish itself as a country. That was a huge birth pang, if you will. It got the eyes in the world watching. And yet we know that God told us in his word, this would happen. This would happen. Well, what about the third? Oh, 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 there's another one. There's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, from 1948, as we look, which, which was the third, which was the Jewish control of Jerusalem. In 1967, this began the third birth pang, if you will. This was called the Six-Day War. While the Six-Day War itself was never predicted in Scripture, it was accomplished, what it, what it accomplished was certainly was. How so? 
The six-day war brought the fulfillment of prophecy regarding the Jewish control of old city Jerusalem. Here's the sad part. The sad part is if you go with it to us with Israel in 2024, that you will have to go up to the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is under Jewish control, and yet they went and said, yeah, well, we got it back, but we'll go ahead and let you, and they let the Muslims nation the, 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 control it. And so what happens is that there's six gates, and there's only one that, that you can go up. And you'll have to walk through a metal detector. And you can't take a Bible up on the Temple Mount. They will say, put it right here. You'll see stacks of Bibles sitting right there. Beep, 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 beep. Okay, what are you good? No, you're good. And then you go in, and you go up to the Temple Mount, and yet, it was under Jewish control. And yet, you're subject and we were up there the very first time I went to Israel, never forget, we were up there and, and you don't know if they're going to call and we're sitting up there and we're kind of walking around going, wow, this is so cool. I can't believe this. And all of a sudden, in, in, in I think Hebrew, had to be Hebrew because that's when our guide, he was kicking us off the Temple Mount. You're done. Get out. And she came back. She said, wait, wait, wait. We just got out. Yeah. And, and we basically were escorted, our group, the first year off because they have control. Yet it's under, it's under the Jewish control. Now, that's three birth pangs we saw through history. We're going to talk about World War I and World War II. We're talking about Israel becoming a nation, another birth pang. Then we talk about, here, the, the 1967 war, the Six-Day War. That, that gave Israel, that gave the Jewish people control. But there's a future event. There's another future event on the horizon. Most of you know this because you've come to Calvary Chapel. This is the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. This is about to go down. Remember, chapters 38 and 39, here's what they're doing. They're describing a future attack on Israel and God's deliverance of his people. Okay? What's happened? Well, we're going to look at Ezekiel 38 and 39 sometime in the future, but let me just paint the picture. All of a sudden, here's what it says. It says that Israel is going to be in somewhat of a peaceful situation. They're going to be just in a, in, in a, in a they call it unwalled villages, okay? Many, many scholars talk about this. How to decipher this, I don't know, because we know right now that Israel is not at peace. They have rockets pointed to them. There's conflicts everywhere, particularly in the Gaza Strip and, uh, and so forth. As a matter of fact, it, under the Muslim control is, is the control of Jerusalem, and what you have to do, you get on the bus, and it has to be a Gentile driver. It can't be a Hebrew. Our tour guide can't go there. And you go through these giant walls, and you stop in the bus, and, and he gets on, and, they, and they've got guns, and they're like, and they check you and make sure. And you could go in, but it's not Israel. There's not freedom there, if you will. And there's no Jewish people there. And can I tell you this? We, we saw Bethlehem, and it's nice to see Bethlehem, and there's a little church, and they believe, and it's really cool because I was like, oh, the shepherds are in the hills over there, but it's not worth going over there. 
there's danger, and it's dirty, and it's awful. This is Bethlehem, right in the middle of Israel. So what happens in Ezekiel 38 and 39, all of a sudden, think about this. It says that there's going to be a coalition come from the north that's going to come and they're going to invade Israel. They're going to invade Israel. This coalition of of countries, let me put it to you that way. They're gathering together right now. They're grabbing people saying, we're going to attack we're going to attack Israel. We're going to attack Israel. One of them, you guys know, it's, it's most people translate Magog and Gog as Russia. Meshach is Russia and Moscow. Uh, the Persia is Iran. So you know those two are involved. Okay, and then there's going to be all these other little coalitions and they're going to attack Israel. This is a future war. This is going to happen in Israel. Now, let me just give you my opinion. Most scholars, Jack Hibbs, Amir Safadi, a lot of these guys believe that we are minutes from this war happening. And when I say minutes, it could happen at any time. Okay? Which for us, we look up because our redemption draweth nigh. Very close. Now, in in light of teaching... Um, someone I respect immensely, Pastor Skip Heitzig, just did a teaching and said, no, 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 I don't think that's hap- going to happen anytime soon because he pointed out that Israel is not at peace. Okay, well, what do we, what do we believe? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I know this. In the Ezekiel 38, that is another birth pang that we've got to watch out for. And what happens is that this army is going to attack, then decides not to. God pulls them. You guys got to grab this. God pulls them into the war. And then what he does is Israel is not ready for this. They don't get a plane off the ground. The Iron Dome is not where. And what happens, guys, is then supernaturally, by intervention of God, they destroy the coalition of these armies. That's God. And in Ezekiel, without going into it, he says, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen so that the nations would go, wow, there's a God. That's why he's doing it. God's not sitting up there with his arms crossed going, you watch, let him start a war with me. I'll give him. He doesn't do that. He's going, I want the nations to see that there's God so they'll repent and they'll come to me and I'll have my arms open wide and say, yes, come. Come. The sad part about that in reality is that we've seen that happen in individual lives where there'll be a tragic uh, a thing, uh, a, a, an accident or, or something physical, a heart attack, and the person will be on lifeline and God saves them and miraculously brings them back to life and they know it. Say, wow, God saved you for a reason. What are you going to do with it? And they don't follow Jesus. They go back to their, oh, seriously? Seriously? Guys, I tell you, as a pastor, I've prayed for people. I'm going, wow, God, God did an incredible, he said, you, huh, huh, what, what do you think he wants to do with you? And then I find out a few weeks later that they're back doing the same things that they, that, that never, it didn't move them. So I wonder how many people, after seeing this war and how God intervenes, and in, in the news, can you imagine the news? In Israel, we, we couldn't get a plane off. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything. We were caught by surprise. And all of a sudden, 
God showed up. How do you explain that? Every single news outlet. Now, which ones are going to carry the truth and which ones are not? Here's my hope, church. My hope is, well, let me just say this. I pray that we're not here. I pray that we're, we're, we're raptured and we're in heaven. But I also pray that our loved ones would know enough right here that they would go, wow, wow. So, question, Ezekiel 38 or 39, is that, is that the beginning of the tribulation? No, it's not. It's a, it's a war, okay? The tribulation starts with the signing of the covenant. Now, you've got to grasp this. It doesn't mean that he creates a covenant. It actually says he's going to ratify an already covenant that they're trying to pass through. So, Think about this. Think about this. Put on your thinking caps. Israel just shows up in a big way, rushes out of the way. I mean, all this coalition, God just... An amazing victory for Israel. And yet, what do you think is going to happen? The world's going to turn on Israel. The world's going to... Wait a minute. How could this little country destroy all of... Wait a minute. And the world... And so there has to be a covenant in place to bring peace. You're going, wow, that's, that's a lot to think about. That's a lot to think about. So what is it that, that, what is it that Israel has that someone would be prompted to attack them? Even though they say, no, 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 and then God says, yeah, 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 and he gets a hook in their mouth, what is it? And I jotted, I, I jotted this down. For example, it, it could be oil. It could be oil. You know, Israel is rich in oil and natural gas. They could supply the whole world ten times over. Well, I'm not going to let that happen. Why? Because you guys know this, and, and I'm just going to mention names. You, you know the president of Russia. He's, and you guys got to think about this. You've seen, you've seen gas prices when we were, when we were self-sufficient to where now we're dependent on foreign um, oil. You've seen the gas prices. You, you saw a buck sixty-nine for a gallon, and 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 thoroughly enjoyed that. To where we were for a while there, it was almost four bucks a gallon, and we we, we just. We, we needed to get, what, what does Israel have? Well, you know what else? Israel has natural gases. They have all of these things, man, in the Mediterranean and all of in the Golan Heights. I'm telling you, they're filled. And so maybe they want that. But you know what another thing could be? Food. 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 One of the things that Congressman Arrington told us today is that nobody's really paying attention to to the food economics of the of the land. Nobody's paying attention to that. They're just sort of looking at, at the bigger picture. And he says, man, listen, if, 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 if there's no food, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. See, right now, we can go to the grocery store. We can buy what we need. It might cost us a little more. But here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Okay, you ready? World word statistics. We keep We keep raising the United States, the, the debt, it, it's gone nuts, okay? 
Okay, everybody in the world, think about this, everybody in the world is going, no, we don't want the dollar anymore, so the dollar's dropping, so we could print more money, but here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that all of a sudden, they're going to have to raise taxes to try to cover the debt. It was like, wow. So, not only is inflation going to go high, but you won't have any money to buy. And so right now, you and I, we can go to the, we can go to the grocery store and we can pick up a few things and we, we can have dinner tonight and, and that's good. But I want you to realize that during the rapture, during the tribulation, that there's only, the, the stores only stock 20% of the entire population of Lubbock. That's all we have. So the rapture takes place, guess what happens? Let's say... Okay, in a population of 250,000 people in Lubbock, Texas, 50,000 go to church every Sunday. Doesn't mean they're all saved, but let's just say for the sake that they are saved. 50,000 are gone. 20%, what's 10% of 200,000? 20,000, 40,000 people, and the grocery stores would be empty. What does that leave? 140,000 people with no food. You understand that. Well, Israel can grow watermelons in the desert. They have more food. They can't even export it. And so all of a sudden, they're going, hey, the world is in a huge famine. Now, I want you to jot this down or just make a mental note. There are 13 major famines in the Bible, major. And I wonder if we're going to experience any of this. But here's what I do know. They invade Israel, but are destroyed by supernatural intervention. So the question is, okay, you had you had World War 1 and World War 2. You had 1948, you had 1967, and now we have a future birth pang. And so the question you're asking is, are we living in the last days? And you go, man, absolutely. Are we in the last ticking minutes of of this world prophetic clock? Absolutely. We have definitively proven that all that God said has come to pass. You go, Ben, wait, wait, wait. Talk about World War I and World War II. Well, without proper study, we think that the worldwide conflict of our great-grandpas fought in, we think, well, that's what, yeah, great-grandpa fought in 1914 and great-great-grandpa and, and then and, and World War II. But see, here's what I want you to see. In reality, Jesus told us the first birth tank was going to be a worldwide conflict. You go, no, he didn't. When did he say that? Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes. Look what Jesus is saying, okay? You go, okay, he just said nation. You said, Ben, ethnic group against ethnic group. No, 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 it's deeper than that. Why? Back in Jesus' day, the expression nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, listen, It was a Jewish idiom of what is called a world war. So in other words, the Lord said, hey, you guys want to know the last days? He said, watch for world wars. That's basically what he said. That was the Jewish idiom, right? The world war is going to happen before the coming of the Messiah. The first time, the first time a world war conflict World War. It ever occurred was in 1914 to 1918, with which you and I call World War I. 
And if you'll look and study, most historians believe World War II was a continuation of World War I just as a later date. We never really finished. And you go, well, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, here's what you need to know. Jot this down if you're taking notes. World War I and World War II had monumental impact on the Jewish nation of Israel. You see, we thought it's just wars and we fought this guy and Hitler got all brave and he got all, you know, all this. No, 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 it's so much deeper. And the Lord says, now listen, here's the deal. If you want to know the first birth pain, if you want to know when all this started, look at World War I and World War II. Oh, coupled with famines and earthquakes. And it shows us what Jesus said. It actually came true. Could you imagine the pastor, so can you imagine in preaching in 1910, 1890, you didn't have World War I or World War II. Hey, what a birth thing. I don't know, but we, we got to watch out for them, and, and you need to give your life to Jesus. But now, looking back in 2023, we go, oh. I wonder if anybody from the 1800s that were born-again believers were wondering, I wonder what that's going to be like. I wonder, and they were thinking about you, Christian, seeing the return of Jesus, watching all of this come out, like reading the newspaper. Oh, wow. Wow. Let me do this. Let me give you a little Ezekiel 33, what I call a watchman warning right here. You guys know this. You know this, but I want to solidify it in your hearts. What's that? We're headed for a time when the Bible is going to be considered racist and hateful. You go, no, we're already there. We're already there. Church, listen to me. I believe if people knew the hour we were in, our churches would be packed but they would be packed wondering what in the world is going to happen next. What's going to happen next? Let me just say this. If the word of God is going to be a target, here's what I want you to do. You go, what's that? I believe, and I know for some of you, you're going to shake your heads. I believe it's important we memorize God's word. We hide God's word in our heart. You go, why? Because I know his word is true. We can rest in the infallible word of God. But we must be ready for what's about to happen. You see, our Bible studies in the future, well, they could consist from Bible studies from memory with a handful of people. We've talked about it in this church, and I want you to know, we have and working on strategically placing houses around our city as if they ever come so hard on us that we can't meet, you will have a safe place to go to be able to study the Bible and worship with Christians. They're not home fellowships. They're not coming over. Let's eat some food and, and let's sing some songs. These are going to be safe houses where you go, okay, I know this is, I know, I know. I know Sophie's going to be home, and I know he knows the Word of God. I know Joe, and, and we're, going to, we're going to study the Word of God together. And it's only going to be a handful of people. There's not going to be a lot, but at least you know, strategically, in our city, this is what we're doing. We have one in, in where, Crosbyton? 
Rawls. We'll do one in Rawls. And people in that area, there, go over here. Go to, go to Tim and Bobby's. They're going to they're gonna know the, got to know the word of God because we're going to do Bible studies from the heart. You know, Ben, is that really going to happen? Guys, we're headed there. We're headed there. So what do we want to look at tonight? Well, let's look at, let's look at the, the birth pangs leading up to the tribulation. Okay? So what happens next? Okay, let's put that. Um, Sarah, can we put that, that up again? The, yeah, look at that. Okay, I want, I want to leave that for just a second. She's going to put up Daniel here in a second. But I, I want to show you, this is the one world government that's going to form, or let me just say this, is actually forming right now. This is the one world government. And Daniel chapter 7 talked about this. So you're actually living what Daniel saw. How so? Well, let's read it together. Let's take a look. Daniel 7, 23 and 24, we have... We, we have talked about this, but it's so much. He says, thus he said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms. Why? It shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it into pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. And another shall arise after them, and he shall be different from the first ones. And he shall subdue three kings. Your attention, please. Do you remember? Do you remember? The EU started with six countries. Now they're up to 27. They were at 28. I don't know where one went. But as as I looked, there were 27. He says, in this European Union, there's going to be 10. And then the little horn is going to devour three of them. That leaves us. Seven. That leaves a seven. Now, listen, listen. In these verses, Daniel just gave us, you ready? Three more sequential events, birth pangs, leading up to what we call the tribulation. Did you catch them? No, no, I didn't catch them. Let me give you the first one. One of the birth pangs that people are going to see, hopefully it won't be us, but they're going to see the one world government's going to form. It's going to form. They're talking about it now. It's going to devour and trample and break the whole earth. What's the, what's the second? Eventually, another birth pang is going to be the, king, the ten kingdoms are going to form, you ready? What is called a one world government. One world government. Ten nations. Next week, I'm going to share with you some of these countries and why they're significant in the world today. And what's one of the final birth pangs? We're getting close. Out of this, ten, the Antichrist will arise. This, church, listen to me, is probably happening today. It's probably happening today. This is not meant to scare you. This is not meant for you to go, oh, I'm going to go home. This is meant to go, wow, we're close. We're close. So we've got to chat for just a moment. The purpose of this teaching, the purpose of this teaching is simply to get our hearts ready for the return of Jesus. For the return of Jesus. 
Now, your question might be, well, Ben, why, why are we not packed? Why are we not full? Why isn't anybody listening to this? Well, if you're a movie buff, I know my friends over here are movie buffs, but listen to this. There's a line in the movie, Men in Black, that I believe sums up the world as we know it. You go, you do? Yeah. One of the guys named Kay says this, quote, There's always an Archelian battlecruiser or a Corellian death ray or an intergalactic plague that is about to wipe out all life in this miserable little planet. And the only way these people can get on with their happy little lives is they do not know about it. That's the line in the movie. And that went, I went, wow. Wow. They're talking about aliens. You know, if you, if you ever saw the movie, they're talking about aliens, right? And, and how come people don't know about these aliens? And why is there men in black? And he's like, because it, the only way people live happy little lives is they don't know. And they don't want to know. They don't want to know. So what happens in life when people don't really want to know what's about to happen so they can live their happy little lives? You see, in order for you to think you've got 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 years and you're going to build this, and you're going to build your kingdom, and you're going to do this, and you're going to have that, and go on this vacation, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, is that you don't want to know what's really going around the corner. But for you and I as believers, we want to know so we can be ready. We want to know because we want to have oil in our lamps. We want to know. Not so we walk around like this, Lord, are you coming today? Oh, it could be today. We still live our lives now. Now, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I want you to jot this down. Jot this down. Make it. We, we plan our lives like Jesus isn't coming back for a hundred years. You plan your life, but you live your life like he's coming back in the next five seconds. If you live by that, plan your life. Go to college. Do what you need to do. But live like Jesus is coming back tonight. With that, just that anticipation. Wow. Hey, question. If you knew Jesus was coming back, if you knew Jesus was coming back Monday, May 15th, you just knew. Oh, Pastor, nobody knows it. Okay, just labor with me for a minute, okay? I know nobody knows. But if you knew, if you knew Jesus was coming, he's coming back on May 15th. Man, that's like, whoo, a week Oh, I got a week and a half. Would your life be any different? It should it be, should it? You said, no, man, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still witnessing. I'm still sharing. I'm still worshiping. I'm still praying. I'm just living my life. That's the point. If you and I have to take a step back and go, oh, if Jesus was coming back, oh, um, mm, I, would, I would really change. I would change. I, I'd go to the grocery store right now. I'd be witnessing to everybody, and I'd be, I'd be just all... That's what we should be doing. Why? Plan our life like Jesus is coming back 100 years, but live with the, with the passion and the unction for Jesus if he would come back today. Come back today. All right. Let's talk about the one world government. You ready? I found an article that I'd like to share with you. It's called this. You ready? It's called the New World Order. How many of you have heard that? The New World Order. 
Okay, it's it's and it's it's not it's not the wrestling. Okay, it's 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 the new it's the N W O. The prophesied one world government is being formed on the earth at this very time, and the Bible prophesies that the Antichrist will ultimately reign over the one world government for how long? For three and a half years, just prior to the second coming of Jesus to establish his own world government. So you have this Antichrist. Now, what you know, what you need to know is it's satanically empowered control. You know that. Now, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Satan is on the world. He is no longer hiding. He's no longer behind doors. He's straight up, this is what I'm doing. At today's luncheon, I got a preview of what our current administration is doing. And can I just tell you, with all of my heart, we need to pray for him. But I'm telling you, it's much more than a crooked politician. It's a man that's being used by Satan. Because everything is against God's word. Everything. Everything you and I hold sacred and dear, the administration is against it. When you talk about a righteous anger, sometimes I'm just like, oh, Lord. It's not a crooked, it's not, hey, I'm going to make some money, I'm going to shyster little deals. not the, it's a man that's being used by the devil. satanically empowered. You know what? God is so good that he's giving us a preview so we'll repent. So what's he going to do? He's going to control the coming end time government. Will be Here's the control. It's going to be a consolidated into a total, um, a totalitarian hands of the Antichrist. The dragon which is the devil, gives the world government and its system seat, power, and great authority. Revelation 13.2 tells us that. We will feel the oppression of the world government structure because it's satanically inspired and it's actually being formed right now. Revelation 13.7 says this. It states the power will be given to the Antichrist over all kindreds, tongues, and nation. Verse 3 says this. And the world wondered after the beast. Daniel 7.23, we've read that says the one governmental system is going to be ruled by the Antichrist, the fourth beast of the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. And it shall tread down, break into pieces. The prophecy then states that this world government will rule until the second coming of Christ. Let me give you the New World Order prophecy. After World War II, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, also known as NATO, was formed to hedge against the advance of communistic Warsaw powers led by the USSR. When Mikhail Gorbachev became leader of the Soviet Union, he allowed the fall of the Berlin Wall and ultimately of the Iron Curtain. 
world leaders declared that the Cold War was over and they proclaimed the birth of the new world order. When Saddam Hussein, you might remember that, invaded Kuwait in 1990, President Bush Sr. put together what we call the UN coalition. It was a coalition at that time of 29 nations to fight against Saddam. It was at that time that Bush Sr. made this famous statement that we really do have a chance at the birth of a new world order. This is how he described the Gulf War. Quote, This is not the people of Iraq against the United States. This is Saddam against the world. Unquote. This is globalization. So after the Berlin Wall fell in 1989, we began hearing those terms. Do you remember? New world order, world community, the international community. David Rockefeller said that the global crisis would have to occur before the world would be willing to accept the new world order. Now, let me say that again. David Rockefeller, back in this time, said a global crisis would have to occur in the world before everyone was willing to accept this new world order. When the world's economy began a dramatic downward plunge in 2008, I don't know if you remember that, world leaders saw that as an opportunity and they proclaimed the need for this new world order with what they would call a global economic structure. Now, get your minds right, guys. In 2008, it's starting to happen, but we didn't see. They were already preparing for 2020. This was already in the works. You and I go, wait a minute, this happened from China, da, 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 da. now we're sick, poor Larry, you know, and, and Nancy, and so forth, and so forth, and we've all had it, and so this has been in the works. Guys, this is, this is because you have to have this global crisis in order to get everybody to, to, to get on board. To get on board. The word globalization the word globalize means exactly what it says. It's the process of transitioning the world from a global government. We hear about the international law. This is referring to the laws of international government. When we hear about the world court, it's referring to the court system that has been created to enforce the laws of the world government system. Now, before I go on, I want you to think about this. Think about what the world's going to look like if you happen to get left behind. Now, I'm preaching to the choir, but let's just say I'm, we're a fly, you know how they say we're a fly on the wall and we're watching all this. You understand that it's not going to be a court in the United States that's going to try you. See, you have a crime against the world court. Now, if you be a little, good little girl and take the mark, you'll be fine. If you don't, you're going to stand trial and the world is going to go, if you're not going to comply, off with your head. When the rapture takes place, I believe there's going to be a worldwide revival of people who have been walking on the fence, but not really believers, but know the gospel enough to go, oh, Mammy and Pappy were right. Oh, my goodness. I've been such a fool. 
God, can you please forgive me? Then they're going to have to live in an awful, ugly world. World government forming now describes the World Bank. Then you have the World Trade Organization, and then check this out, the World Health Organization. You guys know that the WHO, we saw all about that. As a matter of fact, we're fighting even now, giving the sovereignty to the World Health Order in the next global crisis, where we would follow them. We wouldn't follow our own laws of the land. We wouldn't follow our own government. This is a world health organization. And all of these powerful institutions are exactly what they say they are. They're components of the one world government. They're components. The one world government was prophesied. Guys, think about it. Daniel prophesied this how many years ago? This is the first, fifth birth pang leading up to the tribulation. Now, listen, the exact nature of this government, nothing is stated. We don't know. Daniel didn't say. I wish he would have. We sort of pinpointed out, but he didn't. So you go, but what, 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 so, so what do we know? Okay, here's what we know. Number one, it's going to be a form of imperialism. Imperialism. And you go, what, is, what does that mean? Well, here's what imperialism means. It's a policy of extending a country's power and influence through diplomacy or military force. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a form of that, the policy of extending a country's power. We're going to say, here you go. Here you go. As a matter of fact, you recall... The last presidential inauguration was more like a war conflict than an acceptance of the new administration. Do you remember that? Do you remember how we fought and we prayed and we thought and we prayed and things were going to change and no, this is wrong and so forth and so forth. So that's going to be imperialism. The first time in, world, in, in our country's history we put a chain fence to keep people out. In the first time around the, the White House, around a free country. Do you not see that? No, no, no. Here's why. People don't see because, because if they see, then they're responsible to do something. But I can't live my life if I'm responsible, you see. I used to have friends tell me, no, 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 Jesus is coming back in 100 years. I'm not worried about it. No, friends, he's, he's going to come back. Now, let's talk for just a moment, guys, on what is going on in our world. How far are we from this new world government? Again, let's read, let's read um, 23. He said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms. He shall devour the whole earth and trample it and break it into pieces. A modern article that one person penned says this, The one world government, the new world order, resistance will cost you. Submission will cost you more. Wow, isn't that? Did you, did you catch that? He says, he says, in this new world, resist. No, he says, that's going to cost you. He says, but submission is going to cost you more. Now, this article, um, they're asking the very same questions. You go, like, what questions? They said, well, when will the one world government happen? 
The move to a one-world government, like we see in Daniel chapter 7, has been carefully planned, slowly conditioning people, moving them step by step towards public acceptance of the one-world government. Y'all are shaking your heads. You guys have seen this. You've seen this. This is what breaks your heart for those who are not walking with Jesus. You see this. Many people, guys, are being conditioned similar to the story of the frog in the pan with the fire beneath it. You know that story? You see, you put a frog in cold water and you put the frog over the heat or you put the pan over the heat, frog's not going to do anything. He's just swimming. La, 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 la. What will happen is you slowly slowly turn up the temperature. As the temperature rises, it begins to boil and the frog basically doesn't know what's going on until he's dead. Until he's dead. Why? Because up until that point, the frog is comfortable in the pen. The frog thinks, man, life is good. This is great. Look at this. I'm swimming. And then, but if you were to throw the frog into the pan of hot water, what would happen? The frog would jump out. The frog would jump out. Like the scalded frog, people are being conditioned to accept a one-world government. Just read the following and let the Lord show you when or how far we're into it. How so? There's something called the Code of Federal Regulations. This is, this is published in its very informative journal called Foreign Affairs. More often than not, important shifts to the U.S. policy or higher indicative attitudes of political figures have been telegraphed through this page. You go, what is it again? It's the CFR, the Code of Federal Regulations. Who's the se- what's the second question? Well, who will be in charge of the one world government? Well, we know that the Antichrist, his spirit is already in play. Amen? Since the beginning, but now evil doesn't even hide. Many are falling, turning from God. Many are professing many ways to get to heaven. Many people are wanting to be spiritual without Jesus. Oh, there's something about being spiritual. No, 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 no. You need Jesus. The Antichrist spirit denies that Jesus came in bodily form and is the only way to get to heaven and get to God. Now, very quickly, let me share with with you what I've learned. Okay? The Great Reset... The term build back better. These are designed by the World Economic Forum. The target date for them is 2030. And what is it involved? It involves digital currency, first and foremost. Digital currency. You can see that happening now. It involves depopulation. Depopulation. It involves wealth distribution. That's where Joe gives me his money. It involves climate change. Ever hear that? 
This is their target. This is the great reset. This is the build back better. Right now, because we're still here, come on, church, it's falling, it's destruction, it's not working because we're still here. And, and, and we realize that resistance is costing us, but we're willing to pay that. No, 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 we're going to pray. No, we're not going to follow along. No, we're not going to do this. But you think about a rapture, you think about Christians being gone, and that leaves the world so ripe for such a destruction. Now, next week, next week, listen. Next week, we'll look at the ten kingdoms ruling the world. All these are in play right now, so you can't miss next week. But let me close. Let me close with what things are on the horizon. You ready? This could be our future if the people at the World Economic Forum get their way. You go, what are they? Number one, here's what they're going to say. You will own nothing and be happy about it. Your houses, your cars, you don't own them. And you're going to be happy. Energy will be green and rationed and expensive. Let me ask you this. How many commercials have you seen for electrical vehicles? Electric vehicles. A lot of them. And that's where they're headed. Energy will be green. But it's also going to be rationed. The other night on, on Sunday's teaching, I told you guys that, that I woke up and there was no power. You know that, that they basically re- they could render us... Man, think about it. We, we, couldn't, we can't do anything. Travel will be restricted. Travel, you can't go there. You can only go to work and come home. Didn't we see something like that in the past? It was called essential. You were an essential employee. The rest of you had to stay. And, and, and in Lubbock, bless the Lord, we were, we, were, we were graced. People still got out and did what they needed to do. But in other cities, in other dark, dark cities, you, the police were at your house if you got out. By 2030, there's, here's the point. Even your diet will be controlled. And of course, their point is currency will be digital. Will be digital. You'll have a certain amount to spend. You can't go over that, and it's all digital. Well, I got a, I've got some, I got some cash saved at the house. That's not going to do you any good. You might as well throw it in the fireplace and burn it. Now, if you talk to some people, they'll tell you this. The, the Great Reset, no, 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 that, that's just a compi- con- conspiracy theory, Ben. And yet, everything we know about it comes from the global elites who have been quite open about it. They're, they're not saying anything. The one thing they will try to do is control people's behavior, control businesses, simply to move society in the direction you want it to go. The Great Reset was unveiled at the Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, where many of the world's most powerful people come to offer solutions to the world's problems. You know what their solution was? Global socialism. Terms you need to be aware of moving forward. You'll hear the Green New Deal. You go, yeah, 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 yeah. The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Build Back Better. You'll hear depopulation. And when you hear depopulation, it's survival of the fittest. If you are not contributing to society, then you will be euthanized. We don't need you. 
And babies, well, they can't. All of this is online, church. It's, it's hidden in plain sight. You can read it for yourself. Well, Ben, I got a question. How far are we from the fifth birth pain? Well, the closer to the rapture is to the tribulation, the more you and I will see. If the rapture and the tribulation are very close, we'll see a lot of this starting to form. We won't be here, but we'll see it. The farther the rapture is to the tribulation, the less we'll see. My prayer is that we go home tonight. We won't see any of this. It's still going to happen. And you know how fast it can happen, right? It, it just takes minutes. And they're working round the clock, guys. Okay, last thought before we pray. If you're taking note, the three-legged stool of Babylon that we find in Revelation are these three. You go, what are they? Economics, remember that? Politics and religion. Those are the three things that holds Babylon in Revelation. Lots to think about. But thank you, Lord, you're still on the throne. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and the truth in your word. Lord, we thank you that we can see what's going on in the world. And we see, Lord, this one world government. We see the birth pangs. So God, tonight, if we take just a couple of minutes, God, to, to worship you, our one true king. Thank you, God, for your word. You've given us all of your word so that we're not in the dark. But we can see these things happening. God, let our hearts rejoice that we're saved. And we love you. And we're going to follow you. We love you, Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.